Welcome to the Octavius Gould Experience, and I am your host, Octavius Gould. Today, I am bringing to you episode number 14, titled Anger Management. This is appropriate in the wake of the Will Smith and Chris Rock incident, so I was compelled to sway slightly away from my normal episode theme of leadership or entrepreneurship. However, anger management is a necessary practice in any environment, especially your work environment, because it could impact your livelihood. I'll refrain from giving my opinion on this very unfortunate incident that occurred at the Oscars last month. Instead, my goal is to focus on how anger management can prevent you from destroying your personal or professional reputation. So what is violence? It's actually a physical force used to injure or harm and is done by violating someone's rights at work, at home, or even out in public. Violence shows its ugly face in different forms. One way is rage, which is an uncontrollable, unchecked, violent outburst with force. Another form, my friends, is aggressive behavior. That's actually the use of various forms of force, such as exerting pressure, manipulation, appearance of possible harm, domination, or even threatening. But you also have what's called passive aggressive behavior. And this is where a person acts out towards another in negative ways to punish them, hurt them emotionally or spiritually, or attack them in psychological nonviolent ways, including to seek revenge. So what happens when a person becomes violent? First of all, it raises your heart rate and blood pressure, which can be extremely dangerous. But there's also an increase in hormonal releases in the body, such as adrenaline. And once that adrenaline gets flowing, things can become uncontrollable and get out of hand. Some people find that their muscles tense up or they experience increased in headaches or even suppressed serotonin outputs. But in many cases, there will be an increased use and abuse of alcohol and drugs. Once you get there, it's going to cause problems at work, at home, and most likely even in your relationships. But what's also scary is that some people engage in destructive behavior, both physical and emotional, directed at both themselves and others. And while conducting research for this podcast episode, I learned that anger can be linked to biological bodily changes, as well as ADD, ADHD, PTSD, as well as other stuff. And as a leader in corporate America over the years, I witnessed managers and employees losing their call over events that were triggered by internal as well as external events. Some employees are actually unable to manage their emotions at times because they feel at mercy to their past, present, or even unpredictable future events. And believe it or not, some people often exhibit premature aging due to having anger management issues. That was something I wasn't even aware of until I started reading about anger management and perusing content to prepare for this podcast. Thankfully, I've had the opportunity to speak to licensed professionals about emotional intelligence and how to appropriately practice anger management over the course of my management and leadership career. So at times, I am able to maintain a level of balance when dealing with confrontational employees or situations that could become confrontational. This topic is above my pay grade, so I would urge all of you to peruse articles to learn more, especially if you're dealing with anger management issues. I also recommend speaking to a licensed doctor or your faith advisor. 
Because again, anger management is something that if unchecked, if not corrected, or if it goes unresolved, will continuously fester and cause significant damage to your reputation and impact you personally and professionally in negative ways. Sometimes anger management issues are a result of an occurrence that occurred previously in your life yet still has lingering effects such as the death of a family member or friend. And we've all have experienced death or the passing of someone that we truly loved and care about. And in many cases, we don't realize that it's impacting us physically and emotionally, causing us to act differently. In some of those situations, people around us realize it, but because we're grieving, they give us a pass. Sometimes it's the death of your parents. You know, I experienced the death of both of my parents. And although it didn't cause anger management issues during that grieving process, I probably made decisions that were inappropriate. And as I reflect on even my mother passing away when I was at the young age of only 22, you know, I made life changing decisions during that time period due to being a little angry, angry at the world, even angry at God, because I didn't understand why he would take my mother away at 49 years of age. And then I realized that God doesn't make mistakes and I was able to process things if you're dealing with the death of a family member or a friend, that is a time when you have to do some self-reflecting and have the courage to seek help if you need help. And again, some of the other things could be a result of being exposed to violence as a child in your home or being overwhelmed by medical condition or disability. Some people actually experience anger management issues due to extreme trauma, due to an injury, an accident, or even war, like what we're witnessing with the Ukraine and Russia. Victims of sexual abuse experience conflicts with anger management, many of whom have never spoken to anyone regarding the trauma due to the associated pain. Then you also have financial decline or bankruptcy that can heighten one's anger. And lastly, severe depression can cause anger management issues as well. And many times, others may not even realize that their friend or relative is even depressed because sometimes we hide those things. We can still be functional and depressed at the same time. Everything is not always peaches and cream in my life or the lives of my friends and inner circle, but I make sure that I surround myself with positive people, people who give off great positive energy, people who will lift me up when I'm down, people who I will lift up when they're down. So please allow me to pause and ask for a favor. If you're enjoying my podcast, please hit like, subscribe, and share it. That would help others learn about this podcast since it's still pretty new. Thank you. So what are some of the few suggested solutions to successfully practicing anger management? Number one, you got to realize that past events may influence how you see future events and focus on the positive. Get that mindset right. The past is the past. God provides us with an opportunity to overcome our trials and tribulations, and that's called tomorrow. Number two, if you think you need help, you do. Seek help. Have courage. I admire people who have fallen and have gotten back up. 
people who dig deep to persevere when they're struggling or going through life's challenges because we all at one point or another will deal with death or a loss of job or a tragedy that will put us in position to feel the right to be angry. And sometimes you got to have a strong faith to overcome that. So seek help. And don't seek help from someone who portrays themselves to be this great guru. There are a lot of people on social media, whether they are portraying themselves to be a life coach or some influencer who aren't licensed. It's above their pay grade. So make sure that if you're seeking help, you're seeking that help from a professional who's certified to help you. And don't procrastinate. You are entitled to have a happy life. So don't carry unnecessary burdens. And number four, like I said earlier, seek counsel from a medical professional or therapist and start with your family doctor or even your minister. Number five, I recommend actively seeking a safe place away from where that extreme life event occurred. And here's an example. Someone very close to me lost their wife. Almost every day they were going to the grave site and just sitting there for hours, not for days, but for weeks. At a certain point, that wasn't a safe place for them. A safer place was being around people who they loved and who loved them, whether it was assisting them with that grieving process or just being there to provide them with that emotional support. Make sure you put yourself in a safe place. Number six, find a support group with people who you can talk with, who are kind, supportive, and caring. And that's all about forming an inner circle that has the capacity to be supportive. Some of you out there, you have friends who are not necessarily your friends. A close friend of mine, a confidant, told me recently, not everyone is your friend. A lot of times we're blinded by our compassion and caring for others, and we don't necessarily see that they don't reciprocate. So you got to make sure that your inner circle is giving off that same positive, supportive energy that you're giving out. Number seven, stay under a doctor's care and faithfully take prescribed medication if you're subscribed that medication by your doctor. And don't do that self-medication thing. Please, if you're dealing with depression, anger issues, work-related, personal-related conflict of any form, refrain from using drugs and seek help from a supportive group, a certified supportive support group that can assist you. Because again, that's above my pay grade. And more importantly, it's above the pay grade of a lot of people on social media who will give that so-called advice. And here are some things to consider for better self-control. Look for activities where you can use or expend physical energy like a hard workout. I work out every day, 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m., because I want to start my day off on the right note. It allows me to release a lot of stress and that energy, that negative energy, so I can start my day on a positive note. When I get out of that gym, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make things happen. So consider getting a workout routine that can allow you to exert some of that negative energy and flip it to a positive. And if you are thinking about the fact that you may be at risk or feeling uncomfortable in any situations, you are potentially close to losing control. So think through situations and think before you act, think before you speak. If you are letting someone else control you, remember the control is no longer yours. And a lot of times you'll be in a relationship and someone will be pushing your buttons because they know what will get you angry. 
And you have to control that. And when you feel that adrenaline rush, keep in mind that soon losing control will follow. My friends, if you regularly use coping mechanisms such as alcohol, drugs, you are enabling the lack of self-control. And again, as I said earlier, that's when it's time to seek help. And we have to have courage to seek help from professionals. I've never been a drug user or an abuser of alcohol. I drink socially. I don't know what people go through, what their experiences are when they're addicted to drugs because it's a disease. And if you know someone who's in that situation, give them your support, have compassion, care about them. And if they don't want your help, try to give it anyway. Now, yeah, there's a certain point where you may have to move on. Again, that's above my pay grade, but we have to support others, care for others, love others, help others. Sometimes I think in our society, everyone wants to be the one that's doing the best. And we may see someone else over there in the corner doing worse or struggling. And instead of giving them a helping hand, we're so focused on our goals, our lives, what we want to accomplish that we don't reach back and help others. And again, that's not everyone. That's some people. But we just have to avoid becoming one of those persons. Another thing you can do is seek a quiet place where you can reflect on things that are important to you. I like to get out in nature, sit by the ocean, go by a lake, because water does something to me. I'm an avid fisherman, so I'm quite sure that's part of it. I like to just sit in a quiet place, my happy place, and just think and reflect on life and the things that are going on around me. Another thing I like to do is practice my faith. And also that includes reading uplifting books and actively seeking comfort and peace. I always tell people close to me, protect your peace. Because if you don't protect your peace, you will open yourself up to others, tap it into that negativity. And we all have that negativity bone somewhere in there. You know, we all have that negativity bone and you don't want anyone to tap into that or tickle that thing. So protect your peace. One of the things you can do is actually write down a schedule of things to do in your daily activities, then prioritize them by needs or wants. Because what happens is if you are not as structured as you need to be, things can go haywire. Now you have deadlines that you're concerned about not meeting at work. You have things that are happening with your kids at school or in sports or extracurricular activities that you're not on top of that may cause stress. And all of these things will come to a head and cause anger issues. Some people even meditate. Meditation is a great form of relaxation and something that can really get your mindset right and allow you to reduce stress and think through some of the challenges that you're dealing with. And that thought process, if done in a very structured way, can really assist you in practicing great anger management. You also want to avoid that panic mode at work. If your boss is riding you, you have to make sure that you have a great working relationship. Sometimes we depend on our bosses, our so-called leaders to develop the working relationship. But you have to own it as well. You have to take ownership of that relationship because it's two-way. It's not one-sided. It's two-way. If you're having conflict with your boss and you're panicked about where you stand, do a check-in with your boss and ask him or her if you could sit down and have a discussion 
regarding where you stand within the company. And in many cases, you'll find that you're viewed in higher regard than you previously thought. But more importantly, if you work towards developing a great working relationship with your direct reports or your boss, your work environment would become more conducive to success, alleviating a lot of the stress that normal people deal with, which will then allow you to have greater anger management practices. A big one is don't be a workaholic. Now, I need to talk to myself about that one because it's imperative that we all gain greater work-life balance because there are more important things in life. Life is very precious, and the people who are in our lives who are important to us are more important than any amount of money you can make, any material things that you can acquire. So one of the things you can do is read and research on how to work smarter instead of working harder. I'm more impressed with someone who can be more efficient and effective in less time. And that's one of the things I've worked on, especially during the pandemic when we were at home with nothing to do. Also, avoid potential hazards by thinking and planning ahead. I always say people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. Plan your week prior to the start of the week. On Friday afternoon, I'm planning the next week. I'm trying to ascertain what's happening over the next seven days that I need to pay attention to. Getting my calendar organized. It's color-coded. Yes, I'm a little anal, but I go there because it keeps me straight. It keeps me structured. And by planning ahead, you will actually be able to go through your work week being more efficient, more effective, getting more things done in less amount of time. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a leader in corporate America or someone working a blue collar job, it's important that you visualize what your upcoming week will look like and anticipate what you have going on and what may occur. And if you do that, you will give yourself an opportunity to be even more successful. Another thing you can do is avoid people who frustrate you until you are in a better place with more self-control. Yes, sometimes it is good to practice avoidance. And if you have people in your life who are constantly pushing your buttons, as I said earlier, avoid them, put them on mute and do it in a very constructive way. Let them know, listen, I have a lot on my plate, limited bandwidth. I'm dealing with something that I need to get a handle on. Let me circle back to you in a week or two. Also, make specific plans on how to address issues you are dealing with and follow them. It's the same with goals. If you have an issue that you need to resolve, your thought process is half the battle and how you look at that issue and determine what's required of you to come to a resolution and then identify who else will play a part. Because sometimes it may be work related. You may need to involve HR or your boss or a colleague. Sometimes it's personal and it's between you and your spouse or your partner or your kids or a friend. So be strategic and tactical as it relates to how you address and attack issues. And that's a time that you don't want to practice avoidance. You want to tackle that thing head on. And lastly, be aware of how your actions are received by others. Then use their reactions to temper your choices that you make. And be conversational. A lot of times, if we talk through our difficulties, our misunderstandings, our uncertainties, we can avoid conflict and you can keep your anger under control. And here's another tip, the importance of breathing, to relax, to think through my thoughts. 
Breathing is a technique that can help in so many ways. It helps in sports. You ever see an NBA superstar right before they're about to take that foul shot with one second left, taking that deep breath to relax. Someone who's speaking out in public, they'll take deep breaths or even short breaths. Breathing is a great thing because it will relax you. And like I said, give you an opportunity to think before you speak. And a lot of times the things that cause conflict is when we become angry and we say things that we don't truly mean because we didn't take the time to pause, to breathe, to relax, to gain our composure, to practice emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is a big thing, especially in corporate America. If you're a leader or if you're an entrepreneur, getting back to the theme of my podcast. So my friends, if you covet compelling content on entrepreneurship or leadership, or you're cool with me swaying away sometimes to bring in life events that can impact you professionally, hit like, share, and subscribe to my podcast. I truly appreciate you joining, listening to me, and I'll see you on the next episode. Carpe diem.